tell you to kiss my rear end, but I'm pretty sure you'd fall in love. Then I'd never get rid of you. Bringing humor to your day with love. Winking emoji. Is that and that's not even like a picture someone drew. They just put Betty Boop's head on something on, else. On something else. Uh, okay. I'd like to know, but I don't care. Okay, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Alright, dude, it's been so long. This feels weird. Alright. Hello, anyone listening, and welcome back to another episode of the Views from the Loft podcast. We're back after a long break. Mm -hmm. It's been a while. And then this is Trevor. Yeah, it's been a long while. We were here now, back at it again with the hot, fresh takes you've come to expect. Mm. We don't give a shit about it anybody else's opinion you know we hate rogue one that's right we, we hate, fucking hate rogue, rogue one, one baby rogue one sucks okay it's a bad movie it's actually rogue one terrible is garbage besides um rise of skywalker it's the worst new star wars movie absolutely uh yeah <laughs> boom baby I, I don't know if we have any other takes that are like against the, the <laughs> none of that hot and well, we weren't. I mean, that's not people, even that hot. Like, some there are people who hate. I Rogue think one. Endgame was mediocre. Yeah, I just like Endgame. I don't like Endgame. Uh, I don't think it's that hot though. It's not as hot as Rogue One. Yeah, that's our big hot take. Because like some people talk about how they don't like Endgame. I've never heard someone say they don't. Oh, like we Rogue like one. Venom. We like Venom. <laughs> well, we okay. Well, hold on. I, I like I, Venom's okay. <laughs> we like Venom. <laughs> Venom's good for the me. <laughs> Venom's a good me. Okay. So, we're back, right? Mm-hmm. It's weird, because for a second I was like, do we st- We don't still do the movies we watch segment, do we? No, no, we do news. We don't. We do news, which is our first segment. Unless you want to say anything. Unless you want to say anything else. You want to say anything else? You got anything else? <laughs> I don't Any really have anything to funny say. Funny life it's... stories that have happened to you? Is any wacky... Wacky well, on a trip, I had a hard time kayaking. Yeah, you fell over. You fell in a few times. I'm not very basically you the, adept. You were the only one. I didn't go only. kayaking, so. I mean, I probably, I would have fell in with you. Honestly. I went the whole way, though. <clears throat> oh, someone. <laughs> someone who likes Horse Girl didn't go. Someone who likes Horse Girl. God, imagine liking Horse Girl. <laughs> Anyway, no, that's all I yeah. have to say. Kayaking, okay. fun, but yes. wet. Fun, but wet. All right. <laughs> news now. Really, for real this time. I have four pieces of news, Trevor. You okay? Two of them are two of them are a little j- little funny, little joke, little meme. Little meme. Little meme uh, news. Two of them are just actual news. What, what Brighten your day. What do you want first, Trevor? You want a meme news or you want a real news? I think, I think... You should give me some real news and then lighten my day with some meme news. Okay, so you want both real news up top, or you want me to, like, rotate? Like, real yeah, news... let's rotate. Let's do some rotating here. Okay, real news. Here we go. We already talked about it, but, again, first off, it's been, like, three weeks since we've recorded the podcast. I'm sure there's been a lot of news articles. <laughs> I just tried to find some from the from the most recent week. Right, I mean, something a little bit so, temporaneous. If something big happened like three weeks ago, we probably won't talk about that because it's already out of the public eye. But anyway, first piece of news, me and you already have talked about it in our personal lives. Mulan is headed to Disney Plus for $30. This article comes from CNN 
a business, baby. Whoa, business? And yes, Disney announced on Tuesday that the remake of the 1998 animated classic will be headed to Disney Plus for an additional fee of $29.99. The film will become available on September 4th. Mm, it's so, coming up. It is coming up. What do we... Do we have anything to say about that? Oof. A, a, scare, a scary sounding vehicle just passed my house. and I Oh, really? thought it was something else. I think that I'm... something was malfunctioning and it sounded like a like a horror movie like like a cue like, like dude you're like in a fucking horror movie i could look be out behind you bro oh no it's the hands up hands up who's doing that who's doing that stop it oh, what's the meme news though well what do you think about this what do you think about we don't care about it. i mean <laughs> do you want me to say so i i mulan's coming it's okay because we've already talked about a lot on this podcast our thoughts towards like video on demand we have and i i think it's a good thing i think it's fine i think people should have that option i think that should continue to be an option for people who want to have it um for multiple reasons though i do believe in traditional theaters and i think that's important and i think there should still be a market for that i think they can coexist yeah um what, how how do you think this will do? Because this is probably the the film with the biggest budget that we've seen do this so far. Like, prob- I would say I would say so. I haven't checked, but I would. I'm just thinking this is probably like. Are they not releasing it anywhere physically? Let's see. Regardless, I do think it will. I don't think it'll tank. It's. Uh. Disney CEO said that the film will release in theaters in markets where Disney Plus is not available and, of course, where theaters are open. Okay, so, so it, any theater that's – yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. This will be great for them. This will do really well. If they're doing it both ways, there's no way that can fuck up. And, I mean, Trolls World Tour was huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, it probably wouldn't even fuck up. It probably would be fine even if they weren't releasing it in any actual theaters. But the fact that yeah. there are theaters who will show it and they have the option for people who don't want to go to a theater to get it online, I think it will do very well. It is a bit of a higher price point. And also you have to, on top of paying $30, have a subscription. I think that's the big thing. I think oh, that's the big thing. Me. But it, it is a kid's movie. I feel like a lot of parents just want something to put on for their kids please jimmy <laughs> stop beating me with that foam nerf sword he's just already... sit down watch the nice asian woman movie he's already watched trolls world tour 17 times he needs another me he needs i don't want to watch, mo- watch my lawn dad she doesn't support the <laughs> hong kong protest <laughs> do you remember that yes that was yeah. kind of weird yeah uh i don't care anymore <laughs> I don't care about what Disney. You heard it act. here first. Trevor does not care about Hong Kong. Moving on to some mean news. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I think this is pretty funny. Uh, I think I might have sent this. I'm not for sure in Discord earlier, but Ryan Reynolds has launched his own streaming service, featuring only one movie. This article comes from Cinema Blend. 
And Ryan Reynolds has launched a streaming platform with the only film being featured, uh, 2003's Full Proof. Uh, Last November, Ryan Reynolds purchased an ownership stake in the wireless carrier Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile has decided to expand beyond its original horizons and launch Mint Mobile Plus, which is the name of his streaming service. Mint Mobile Plus. And I, I checked out the website, and they had just have – they've made, like, alternate covers for foolproof. So they have, like, top ten in the U.S., and it's, like, ten different covers of foolproof. And it has, like – trending now and it has like a action movie and it's like foolproof with an action movie poster and then it's like romance and it's foolproof with a romance themed <laughs> poster so and it's free so you can watch foolproof for free <laughs> so it's amazing truly um, remarkable times we live in however sad news oh. trevor apparently ryan reynolds tweeted two minutes after launch and our crack data team has already determined Mint Mobile Plus should probably be shut down by the weekend. We'll go back to focusing on premium wireless. So, as quickly as Mint Mobile Plus rose, Mint Mobile Plus falls. And by the time you're listening to this, it's probably already gone. <laughs> no! Say it ain't so. But I think this is a pretty good meme, and I might watch Foolproof now. If I, I'm honestly kind of interested in watching Foolproof. If so- Mint Mobile... If Mint Mobile is still up, let me check really quick if it's still up. Mint Mobile Plus. Mint Mobile. It is still up. All right. It, it it's Mint Mobile Plus unoriginals. <laughs> they have they have original originals, kind of originals, unoriginal originals, and top ten in the U.S. And uh, who would have guessed? It's all foolproof. Yeah. <laughs> well. Man, yeah, it's a I've, foolproof plan. I've never... I don't even know what foolproof I is. I have no goddamn like, idea what foolproof is. I want but... to watch it now, so... If... Who's in... Is he in foolproof? Yes, yes. Okay. He's in uh, I, I assumed, it... but I didn't know for sure. I assume this is like a marketing campaign, kind of, for, for Mint Mobile. However, the only thing this made me want to do is watch foolproof, so... Maybe it's like a joint effort between... <laughs> Potentially. But there's Ryan no Reynolds wanting people there, so. to watch an old movie of his. Yeah. <laughs> he, well, that's why he got majority stake. It's just, actually just for, he's going to ditch the company. It's going to go bankrupt. He just really wants people to see this movie from 2003 that he felt is was like really good. This, people need to hear me. All right. Here's the next piece of serious news. Mm. Sad news, maybe? Who oh. knows? Actually, I gotta do something really quick. Ignore the keyboard. There we go. We're back after a while. It's okay. It happens. Netflix, yeah. Netflix, they've been threatening to do this for a while, Trevor. And they've finally gone through. We've talked about it before, although I'm not sure if we've talked about it on the podcast. Netflix has rolled out the feature to, to allow people to watch things faster or slower with new playback speed controls. You can stream down to half speed or 1.5 times faster so yeah uh this article says they were rolling it out soon it didn't give a a date uh comes from the verge but i got on my phone today and checked and sure enough it's there i can now watch umbrella academy at 1.5 speed and 
save a total of like 15 minutes an episode. Uh, so much more media I can consume <sighs> with the, the extra 15 minutes. I'll be consuming so much content now. It, it seems vaguely dystopic. Um, I'll say this. I, to play devil's advocate, I heard... I heard that it's like meant for uh like blind i don't know who oh god this is gonna sound terrible i'm gonna regret saying this but do blind people watch netflix yes because i believe there are there there, there's like i forget what it's called but the audio description because that's like that's the, that's the, that's the argument right for um for uh for having the playback speed like this is so that because i mean obviously they don't need to see the visual cues mm-hmm. right they don't need to see a scene like think about drive You've yeah. seen Drive. Think about how much of that movie just Ryan Gosling staring at shit. Yeah. That means absolutely nothing to a blind uh, viewer. Yeah. Um, no, and you do... can get through that really quickly. A lot of stuff that would probably just ultimately boil down to like, um, I don't know what his character's name is in that movie, so I've forgotten. So I'll Drive. Just say, Dr- driver, they do just say Driver. No, I said drive. His name oh. is Drive. Mr. Drive. <laughs> Mr. Drive. No, I, Mr. I actually don't. Mr. Drive. Um, that feels Mr. like the kind Mr. of Drive movie. Drive stares longingly out the window. Drive does he feel like the kind just of movie. stare longingly out the window. <laughs> it does feel like the movie where his name would be Driver and then the girl's name would be Girl. And It is oh. definitely one of those kinds of movies. But I think they have names. Um, But, like, I get that. I, I do understand that. But, like, still... And maybe it's like one of those things where it's like, well, you shouldn't deny people a feature that would help them just because it might be shitty that like some people would be like, I have to consume more content. Yeah. It, you know, if people who are completely blind or partially blind, visually impaired, whatever, if this helps them good. And if like just normal people just want to ruin their, their viewing experience just so they have more time. Fine, I guess it's not a fact. I literally me. do not want anything to do with people like that. Yeah, I think it's very dumb. I could never do it. I would never watch along with someone that who's repulses doing it like that. me. That idea of someone <laughs> doing that repulses me. If I went on a date with someone and they told me, they said, I watch all of my TV shows at 1.5 speed, I think yeah. I'd leave. Yeah, it's it's kind of like uh, someone being into like really like weird like super messed up porn, but not illegal. Like it's not illegal. Mm-hmm. It's just really messed up, and it's like okay, that I guess you're not hurting me, but to keep it to yourself. I don't want to hear about it. You know, you I don't, don't want hear... nothing to do with that. Yeah, I don't want to hear about dicks getting stepped on with high heels, and I don't want to hear about someone. Clearly, you've never watched Enemy. <laughs> I have seen anime, uh, and I don't, yeah, I don't want to hear about people watching their movies and shows on 1.5. That's just weird to me. It makes me uncomfortable. I have used I... the feature on YouTube when I'm like having to watch something for school, and I and I just need to like get through the notes or whatever. But I'd I never just use, use it for it. meme purposes. Mm-hmm. I bet this would sound funny if I sped it up. Can you slow yeah. it down on Netflix? 
Yeah, you can. You can slow it down. Okay, to well that might be funny. Speed. That would be pretty funny, actually. <laughs> Everyone just sound like really drunk. I... All right, last piece of news, meme news. Uh, the world's last blockbuster <gasps> is now for rent on Airbnb. Wait. This article comes from the real deal. Wait, what? Airbnb is turning the Bend, Oregon store into a nostalgia-themed rental, according to NBC News. It is listed for three one-night stays in September for the low cost of $4, a penny more than the video's store rental fee. I did not know that it was $4 a night. What? $4 a night? Seth, what? That's wild. To stay in the place too, though. I guess so. Wait, do they still? Do they still? But it's still open, right? Or did they close? I imagine it's closed down because of the pandemic. Oh, you're right. But it is the yeah, like before the pandemic hit, it was the final blockbuster open. And now they have some pictures here, and I, I'm unaware if these are like mock-ups. Or if this is like an actual picture, but it looks like they've kind of they've kind of made it to look like an like the blockbuster's there, but then they've also cleared out a space in the middle and kind of they they've decorated it as like a mid nineties living room. Like there's like the grandma's couch and there's a bean bag and there's grandma's lamp and there's like this really like colorful like vaporwave. I have to look that up. Uh yeah, I I can just send the image to you. But it looks pretty cool. I did not. I know would it was, love that. I did not know it was. Uh, there's the image. I did not know it was four dollars a night. According to this, though, it sounds like it's only open for three days. It sounds like. Dude, whoever's getting in on that. That's that's. I mean, we never even had. Did we even have a blockbuster in this town ever? No, we had like. We had our own like independent rental we shop had, yeah we had an independent it was pretty i feel like it was blockbuster it was basically block- god i miss that i do miss it a there lot there is so man. much nostalgia for that not even just like I, i've been thinking about this like not even just in like a the location kind of way but there is something about going to a place and just like, or not like just looking at things looking at movies and just finding random strange films you would never really think yeah. to watch that catch your interest like B-movies and things like that you know like we watch Red Letter Media you know like the kind of movies Jay is into yeah like you, you could see movies like that in like these rental stores like that's what they're known for and like I, I, I want to like inca- I want to like find a way to rekindle that it doesn't have to be it could be a streaming service even just I know people have a lot of nostalgia for like the the place itself. Netflix. Like Netflix is just, <laughs> but the, but Netflix doesn't have the same spirit. No, no. It's like it's like all like, like yeah, they have a lot of movies on there, and yeah, they're all probably B movies, but they're not like interesting concepts. It's all like satanic, dark whispers, <laughs> the place below. That's like the names of all their movies, you know. And it's like, God, I don't care about shit. Like, the, the closest I've found to that is, like, <laughs> Amazon Prime. You get into the real depths of Amazon Prime, like and there's some strange shit. 
orcs. I mean, I found that South African horror movie. But I don't know. I don't know. But I would love to stay at the... That was my rant done. I'm, the, yeah. I'm an old man now. I want to... I want to stay at the Blockbuster. That'd be great. I do want to stay at the Blockbuster. Be so fun. Just Airbnb. watch a bunch of old movies there. All right. Well, that's the news. We did news, it. News, news, news. Now it's time to talk about the film that we watched for this podcast. We're going off the assumption that anyone listening has already seen the film. But I will give a brief description to jog everyone's mind. We watched Onibaba from 1964 as a Japanese historical drama horror film, according to Wikipedia. And it's set after a civil war in Japan, which I believe is a real civil, it was, it was a real civil war that happened from 1936 to 1992, the Nanboku Cho period. According to this, all right. Uh, and it's about two women who, one's the mother-in-law, one's the daughter-in-law, mm-hmm. and their son slash husband has died in the war, and now they're kind of killing random samurai and taking their gear and selling them to survive but uh, a man returns from war and kind of drives a a wedge in between them where will the tale go that's kind of the initial setup for for the movie but there's like there's some like supernatural elements and stuff like that so yeah that's it that's the movie that's the movie. That's the film. And you know, Aaron, what more can you say? What more can I say? What did you think about this one overall, Chopper? I liked it. Same. Um, there were, it felt kind of weird. Uh, yeah, I have like one kind of big complaint, but um, I can get into that later. Oh, I really like the atmosphere of this movie overall. That was probably my favorite part. Was I the mean, there's, there's something just so... I think it's because of they're just in a field. They're just in a big field. It's like it's it's just a bunch of grass. But like I felt so like present. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I I like that place had so much character to me. Yeah. Despite being absolutely nothing but grass and like two huts and a pit, a big hole in the ground. I did read something about the grass. Um. The director wanted, and I don't know how to pronounce his name. Shindo is his last name. Uh, he he wanted to film it in Suzuki grass, which I guess is the type of grass that it was filmed in. So he sent out assistant directors to find the correct, like a suitable location. And once they found one, they like built buildings there, and all the cast and crew lived in the buildings in the grass for. Her, for three months, while oh my God. Uh, as they shot the film. Oh, and as they shot the film. Okay, that's not yeah. as bad. No, as no, like yeah. As they shot the film. No, no, no. And, <laughs> He's uh, like, it's got to look lived in. They're gonna have to live in those huts. Shindo built a a water slide to entertain the crew and keep things cool during the harsh conditions of filming in the middle of nowhere. Oh, that's kind of. I mean, he, that's still kind of weird that he'd make them live in the huts, but that's sweet of him to build a little water park. Yeah, he he also said if that anyone left, they would not get paid. Uh, that was to motivate the crew to stay. 
<laughs> well, I suppose it did motivate them. Jesus Christ. And apparently he has also, he directed, so he directed a uh, biographical film on the actor who played the man who bought swords off of them, I believe. Hmm, really? Yes. And in that film, he he kind of, it goes into detail about how the uh, the cast was like pretty upset with with having to live there. I <laughs> I wonder why. It's... It reminds me of like what they did with um. I don't know. It reminds me kind of like the Cannibal Holocaust shit, which I don't know if you're familiar with. Where it's like they. I know they, they... weren't allowed to be in the public eye for a period of time. Well, yeah, but to make them like look like they'd been killed or whatever. Yeah. But like also like they had them out there in the middle of fucking nowhere. Oh, okay. Out in the hot wilderness, which I want to give more context to that, just in case somebody hears this, like, well, he's making it sound because those guys were assholes too, because the director had them like actively burn down native huts with people inside of them. But that's a whole other thing. Um, yeah, that, that's that movie's fucked. Anyway. I always thought I that'd be a good movie to recommend, but I can't in conscience, good conscience, do it. Yeah, I don't want to subject you to that. I mean, it made me sad to learn that walk about they were killing real kangaroos. They do uh, kill a turtle for real in Canada. Yeah, I, I have heard that about that. Um, also, kangaroos though don't have any rights, so that's. <laughs> but you know, anyway, more fun facts. Uh, just while I was reading that, uh, they built a makeshift tower where. And that's where they did all the crane shots. Oh. Um, it was tall enough to get a viewpoint of the entire field. And that makes me... Those were some good shots. Yeah, I really love the shots in this movie. There's a lot of, like, long takes. Not, like, not like insane long takes. But, you know, longer than average. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, like, really nice-looking wide shots. And one that is a wide shot and a long take is when they're kind of looking into the lake and the two samurai are like swimming. That was like a really beautiful shot. I thought, and I just think the directing overall in this movie was like really, really good and unique. As with the atmosphere. Thoughts. Um, I mean, it, there is just like, I'll, I'll say, like, technically this movie, I feel like, is the most impressive. Because I feel like the narrative kind of stumbles a bit, yeah. in my opinion. Um, or maybe I'm just not completely sold on it. I'm not <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, I think that, I th- yeah, I think we have a similar issue. Then. Uh, I don't... Okay, I don't want to get into what I dislike just yet. But it's hard for me to, like, not yeah, think about it. I have it. more stuff to praise. Uh, I liked the score quite a bit. Oh, dude, that opening scene where it's like that, the that, sound, that... the sound all together, like the sound editing. Yeah, like, that opening scene where it's like you see them running through the brushes, and it's just like all you hear is the like faint rustling of leaves, mm-hmm. and then you see the men running on the horses, and it's just like insanity. And then out of nowhere, it's just like fucking jazz music, like this terrifying, like yeah, like terrifying, sinister jazz with like Japanese like drums. Yeah, in the background, that was samurai jazz. That was amazing. the The soundtrack in this movie is very is, phenomenal. It's so good, and I think that's a big part of like the atmosphere. It's I one think. of the best I've heard in a while, honestly. 
Yes, I want that. I want. I want to find whatever song that is, like the the jazz. It has because it does have kind of like the more like traditional like Japanese sounding like drums in the background, but mm-hmm. it's also just insane jazz music, and it's terrifying. Like absolutely mortifying. I mean, it's so like it's so oppressive and like antagonistic that music in the beginning. Yeah, that that, that samurai jazz. Do they play it? In, they play it near the end. I think yeah. so. Yeah, I think they play it like yeah, yeah, because it kind of comes back around mm-hmm. in the end. Um, see, that was phenomenal. Um, yeah, the score is great, and I just like the use of sound overall. Oh yeah, like the wind and the the rustling of the everything in this movie on a technical level really works with each other. Yeah. I think that's why the atmosphere is so great. It all kind of comes together to mm-hmm. to heighten what you feel, kind of. Um, what else is there to say about this movie? Nothing. The performances that's it. were pretty no, good. Okay. Performances were good. Uh, they weren't. Nothing. Nothing like stand out. Like Mufuni is that his name? Mufuni. Yeah, Mufune. Uh, Mufune in Seven Samurai. Um. I don't want to just instantly compare this to Seven Samurai just because it's black and white and Samurai, but... Because yeah. it is like a thriller movie. Yeah. It's not really a horror movie, I, I wouldn't say, did, but I know the, like, the distinction between... Did the old woman and young woman have names, or...? Uh, like, credited? Let me look up. Like... Uh, oh, I, no, I'm here. I'm, I'm looking... Uh, older woman and younger woman. So. Oh, okay. Okay, but they did give Hachi a name. And then Ushi. Ushi is the name of the the man who they sold stuff to. I do remember that. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel like older woman gave like a pretty good performance, and younger woman Hachi were just like. Well, her her performance when she has the mask stuck to her face, I thought was pretty haunting. Oh yeah, yeah. I think she was great. I think she was the best, you know, actor um, in this. Yeah, I, I would say that's pretty memorable. Maybe I spoke too soon. Because um, that was that was kind of terrifying to me, watching her struggle to get. It that was very off. scary, yeah, and her like cries. It was, it was cr- kind of flumping to the this ground. This movie's not really a horror, really. Uh, I mean, no, it's a thriller, like I said. It's like, a thriller. It kind of reminded me of The Lighthouse in a way. Yeah, I can see that. It's got a similar kind of like. There's just a few characters. It's in an isolated, kind of natural setting, but not completely. There's like one building. Yeah, essentially. and they start distrusting one another. Mm. There's something that the younger one really wants to do, and the older one doesn't want them to do. It just and slowly, like... It's a slow burn. That's that's another thing about this movie. It is a slow burn. It Very slow. But, of course, it isn't too long. No, it's I an mean, hour it's... 40 minutes. It, it wasn't bad. I liked it. I enjoyed the slow burn. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was perfectly paced for what it is. Yeah, I thought. I that. don't think it was too short. I don't think it was too long. I think it was perfect. I think if it had been any shorter, it would have been worse. And I think if it was any longer, it would have been worse. Yeah, it was. So, a, it was I, a I like time. where it was, where it ended up. Same. Um, I like the. Well, if I bring up this, it will it will bring me to the thing that I don't like. But so, do you want to do you want to say anything else good about it before we get into what we don't? We can like? just bring up anything that comes to us again. Yeah. Okay. So first off, I like. I liked how in the beginning, 
there was kind of like this subtle, ominous, like supernatural tone that the movie had going for it. Because there was this mm-hmm. pit, and I there was some quote about the pit in the beginning. I don't remember word for word what it was, but it was some kind of like ominous, looming threat. And it it almost seems like characters are kind of drawn to the pit, like that's where they dump their the bodies at. Uh, Hachi is just kind of drawn to it. It's used as a trap like several times in the film. And it's kind of unclear if like the pit itself is evil, if it's become evil because that's where they have dumped all their bodies. If like the pit, you know, like what came first? Did they decide to dump the bodies in the pit and it made the pit evil? Or did the pit like kind of like lure them to dispose mm. of the bodies there? You kind of get this like sinister undertone. Well, yeah, and even if like, you know, also just like, well, even if it is just a regular pit, like they've given it this kind of significance yeah. by attaching it to such horrific events. Yeah. And, and same with like when that. the, the mask warrior shows up, he, he's kind of like mysterious and he has a few different like reasons for why he wears the mask and whatever. And you kind of get that there's something more to the mask than what he's really saying. Yeah. He's not giving the whole story, but then the movie to me, oh, also there's like weird scenes with Hachi just going insane in the in the grass. I don't know if it's just because he's horny, or I think the implication was that he was literally just that horny. The first one seemed like that, but the one where he made himself bleed, that one felt like more sinister. I don't know. That one felt like it had some sinister undertones. I, I'm not for sure, but the Fair first enough. one definitely just seemed like he was a horny man. So probably both were, but. But then when the old woman gets the mask, I feel like it just – it kind of drops any semblance of, like, being subtle and just goes on into, like, full-on, like, supernatural. The mask is cursed and it's a punishment. Uh, and that I wasn't really a fan of. I liked when the supernatural elements of the movie were more subtle and it kind of it kind of took me out of it when it was – granted, it is just at the very end, but – I would have preferred if it was just kind of implied, you know, like I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't particularly like the ending. I, I think for such a subtle, slow build, I don't think it was a satisfying ending for me. I, I understand where you're coming from. And I definitely think that it, it, it does give up all pretense of like, Oh, is it real? Is it not in the end? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fine with that though, personally, because I feel like any kind of metaphor that it might have is still present. It's just, you know, no, it is a creepy mask. It's a creepy mask to get stuck to your face. Um, yeah, but I, it felt kind of cathartic to me in the sense that it was, it was so slow and built up over that whole, like over the whole duration of the movie. I liked that it ended up having kind of a concrete, not, well, the ending's not necessarily concrete. Yeah, the ending's pretty left open. Because she just, she jumps, it ends in mid-jump. I was really, I would have been pissed off if she forgot the hole was there. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, she did this trick earlier, so she... If she missed the hole, this movie would honestly go down a point for me. Um... Because that would just piss me off. Um, 
but she doesn't miss the hole. She jumps over it, and it's like, oh, does she fall and does she not? But I feel like, I don't know, I, I enjoyed that aspect of the movie. It felt like... I don't know. I've already said my piece. I guess I'm. I'm. I, it's hard to get back into the groove of this podcast after we've been gone for so long. It is. It is. So I worry I'm struggling to speak properly. But I. I. I just. I did enjoy that. I thought it felt natural. No. Yeah. It, like. But I can understand why that would kind of. It is like a very subjective like criticism. But for me personally, I didn't like it. And it, I feel like it did take something away, dropping the subtle nature of the film. But it, I think that it is a very subjective criticism. Uh, I liked that What's-His-Face just got murdered. Hachi? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird, because did it really, like, play into it? I don't know. <sighs> I mean, just kind of like... Bad, in, but... No, it was just kind of like... It didn't really have any impact on the plot, I suppose. Yeah. But I guess it was kind of a thematic thing. That's what I was trying to figure because out. Because if it. she hadn't have, like... If that woman hadn't have been acting out like that and trying to, like, meddle with their relationship, like she said, like she called her a meddler, Mm -hmm. then she would have, the younger woman would have just gone to his hut. They would have been in the hut together. That guy wouldn't have gone into the hut because that guy was like a scavenger. He wasn't like a warrior. He just saw an opportunity to stab the guy and then ran, which is why he did it, because I think he he knew he'd lose a fight. I didn't catch that he was like a scavenger. I, like I was he thinking, came in for his food and stuff. Like yeah, you're eating. right. You're right. I was thinking that he would kill both of them. But yeah, you're right. He was only there because Hachi was there because Hachi was looking for her, right? Yeah, and so okay. like, and then yeah. they come back after they bone, and the guy's in there, and he would have just been there from the beginning. That guy probably would have fucked off. That guy might have been more like I don't know though, because I don't. It is kind of unclear how far away their huts are from each other. Yeah, just a brisk run through the grass, I guess. If it's a brisk run, I guess in theory the guy could have stumbled onto the old woman and old killed woman, her or something. Which he might have done. I don't know how much of a coward he is. Uh, I would assume he might think he's capable of taking an old woman, but who knows? Yeah. But something I thought was weird about this movie is. And I, I kind of get what they're going for. It is like that they're desperate and they're taking what they can get. But my guy, you know, Hachi, <laughs> he's not the most stand-up man in the whole wide world. No, my guy Hachi just rolls up like, yeah, your husband and son is dead. <laughs> Let me get some of that rice. Like, he could... There's not a more nonchalant way... Because, like, he keeps on, like, he's like, no, I got to tell the full story. And they're like, well, is he dead or not? And he's like, well, hang on. I'm getting to that part. And then at the end, he's like, and, uh, uh, yeah, he didn't make it. Like, he's dead. He's dead. Hey, like, he doesn't, he doesn't kind of brace. He doesn't brace them. He's not like, I have terrible news or I'm so sorry. He goes into this big, long story about how, you know. Oh, which, yeah, we were fighting with so-and-so. Fucking, he gives, like, a political speech. Which, like that, was a, that, yeah, I, that was a good speech, I guess, because it kind of plays into the theme about how war has affected them all. You know, mm-hmm. how it's turned, like, a mother and a wife into, like, murderers. Well, and, it is, like, the perspective of the seven samurai peasants. Yeah, it is, because, like, yeah, that's that speech is pretty on the nose and pretty much lays out the, the themes as far as, like, the themes of war go in that, like... 
they were fighting for one side and then another they got recruited by another side and they really don't it's care. It's all pointless. It's it, all the same. Yeah, it's just two sides. It, the, Centrist. It is. It's essentially just a squabble between two emperors and everyone else's fodder, but it's like people are dying but to the emperors it's just a you know a little a little disagreement but they're not down in the in the rice fields with with these three you know losing their sanity you know and mm-hmm. i like that yeah. you know i like the themes of the, of the movie even though that speech is on the nose like that's not a criticism not everything has to be some like big brain you know fucking no it just has to be executed properly if you do if you do something on the nose you have to like earn yeah, having done it on the nose, um, and I think it was in this film. In my opinion. yeah, I mean, he gave a good speech, and I don't know. I just don't know why she likes Hachi. Yeah, why does she like Hachi so much? Why she falls I in guess, love with him? Yeah, there's no other man, I guess. Because but... she horny, Trevor. This is a incredibly I know that's what horny it's trying movie. to say. She's young. She's horny. She needs dick. Yes, and she this needs was, a good dickin'. This was. During the time when everyone believed women are nothing unless they are married. Right. It is very, I'll tell you this, it is like oddly like feminist acting in some ways. Like in the sense that like um, it is her idea, like she is the one who actively goes out and just decides to fuck Hachi. I know he's like the one who brings it up. But he's just sitting in his fucking, you know, ah, oh, there you are. You've come to get old Hachi's peener. The old woman tried to get Hachi, too. Yeah, she tried to get with him, too. Unmarried women trying to sleep with the man in a 1960s movie. Um, And there's a lot of nudity in this movie. There's a ton of nudity. A lot of old woman boob. A lot of old woman titty. Singular tit. Not sexual and sexual. Yes, this movie is very a lot of time corny. her titties just kind of there, but sometimes they want you to know her titties there. This brings me, Trevor, to my next segment: top three horny moments. This was like this was like an erotic movie. What What were your strange. top three horny moments? Let me clarify: I'm not talking about moments that made you horny. I'm talking about when the movie was at the horniest for you. What were your oh, top okay. three horny moments? Oh, okay. I'm glad you clarified that. Yeah, not when you were horny. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Would you like me to go first? I I have my no, prepared. No, no, no. I'm thinking. Oh, you're prepared? Well, then go ahead. I did prepare. I, I kind of needed to think about it because there's so many good horny moments. My number three top horny moment is that girl running through the fields for a third time to get dick despite seeing a demon the previous two nights. She could she just keeps going over and over for some reason. My, my girl's got to get her dick. She's got to get that dick. Number 2 top horny moment is Hachi's horny attack. She's so overwhelmed by horniness that he just goes out in the field and like has a full body seizure while screaming. And my number 1 top horny moment is dry humping a tree. I was gonna say dry <laughs> humping a tree would probably be my favorite, but yeah, that's my top. Like the, a woman, she goes and just fondles that tree. The amount of horniness you see, t- you see two people sleeping with one another for ten seconds, and you're you're, you're out humping a tree. 
Just imagine the tension she's had. That woman hasn't had her needs attended to in years. And they should just. That's up. why I say my third pick for oh. most horny moment is when she's trying to bone Hachi. Mm, that is a horny Tr- or moment. Or bargain with them. Yeah. I think she just wants a dick. I think that's what she just doesn't want to admit. Oh no! Yeah, she just wants to. Hundred percent. She just wants Hachi's dick. Yes. Imagine being Hachi. You're this, this disgusting <laughs> Japanese peasant man, covered in filth. You've done God knows You're what. You're coward. God knows who. Ran away from You're the war. Actual coward. Actual pissant. Actual <laughs> terrible human being. You just so happen to live next door to two relatively attractive, absolutely mind-bogglingly horny women, <laughs> single women. You know, I, he seems to be eating pretty well, all things considered. He knows how to fish. My guy goes out there, he fishes, he eats his millet, you know? Clubs it. Well, no, he didn't club the dog. They club the dog. Yeah. Um, Poor dog. You know, just, he's living the life. I mean, you know, if if you saw a Hachi, and, like, Hachi is, like, in, in, in today's world, Hachi is Joaquin Phoenix's character in the joke. All right, I guarantee you, he's lost his mind. He's a clown. He's out there talking about everyone's crazy now. Yeah. But in this movie, Hachi, Hachi's a god. He's, he's a god a among men. What's your number two horny moment? Number two horny moment is um, uh, hmm, probably the fact that they actually actively fucked in the rain. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. While she was being chased by a demon. While she was being chased by a demon. There was a demon He says, no, there's no such thing as demons. And then she gets boned. Yeah. Is number one still dry humping the tree? Number one still dry humping the tree. I can't not say it's dry humping. That was the funniest thing. (laughs) That was very, yeah. It was a good moment, too. Like, not even just as a meme. It was like a a good scene. It matched thematically. But it was just, a tree's just such an obvious, like, phallic thing. It's pretty. It's like very on the nose. But like, also, oh, yes, the tree. Also, time to hump. Their legs and ass. Remember and walk about. Oh yes, of course. Pussy. Trees can take. Trees lots are a lot of, of things. Tree, trees are pussy. Trees are legs and ass. Trees are dick. Trees. You just need a good tree. You just need. That a was good... a dick tree, though. That was a dick tree. Now that was a dick tree. Now we saw that. The, that just straight up. We saw the legendary pussy tree in a walkabout. <laughs> Uh, we watch a lot of horny movies on this podcast this like movies i didn't even know i had no idea horny bobble was like an erotic thriller um but i know now yeah what what's this morning i didn't know that but <laughs> what's the horniest movies you watched like on this podcast or in general on this podcast Walkabout's pretty horny and Walkabout's creepy pretty horny. way the lore is pretty horny the lore yeah i was gonna say that um Let's see. I have a list of all the movies we've uh, done on the podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm going through right now. Um, I should probably make that public someday. Yeah, I don't think any of the other ones are, are, are like, overly horny. No. I mean, Solaris isn't really, like, it's kind of just a love story. Two-lane blacktop, not really. Like, they all, they are, they are all kind of, like, horny for a little girl. Who, who, who. Ugh. I mean, you're not wrong, but uh, like she doesn't really get that horny with any of them, so she kind of rejects. Yeah, it's the definitely horniness. this movie or 
this movie or the lure. Yeah. Yeah. Or walkabout, I mean. I feel like walkabout. I think I'd pick. I think I'd pick. I feel like walkabout. I think about... I'd pick walkabout. Really? Because walkabout is just about like. You're right. Youth peak being horny. horny. Yeah. And peak also, horny. walkabout is the one where it feels like the director's horny as well. Like, Oh yeah, well, I mean, we remember those shots. Yeah, those candid ash shots. I I haven't forgotten. Yeah, even before the, the theme of like, you know, horniness was introduced, that camera panned pretty low. Mm Hmm. Yeah, I I think that was intentional. Do you think that was him trying to tell us something, or do you think he just wanted to look at ass? I think he just was. I think he's a bit of a creep. Probably. The girl was of age, though, while filming, right? I feel like to have that theme in your movie, you've got to be a bit of a creep. Like, just to even, like, just to even, like, because the things you'd have to shoot to do that theme. All right, now you got to take your titty out. Yeah. you got to get wet in the rain. (laughs) You guys are going to be, there's going to be an old woman looking at you with the big old mask on her face. He's, he's gonna grab your titties. Just let him. Just let him. Just let him grab them all over them. Let him manhandle oh. you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else? To Hump that tree. <laughs> you have anything else to say about this movie? Maybe it, I feel like I've said most. Most of I really liked the presence of the samurai when he comes in the masked one. Yeah, I like. I like that yeah. guy's a force of nature. He just comes he in is. there like. He's Hello, a... I am not a demon. I am not a <laughs> but demon. that sounds exactly like something a demon would say. He's a bit of a dick too. He's a bit of a dick. A, a, a bit of elitist. A peasant would could not see by beautiful face. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds exactly like something somebody w- who doesn't have a beautiful <laughs> face would say. It does. It's a... hmm. She was horny. It was she... kind of predictable in those ways. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, the twist with the mask. That's that's what I'm saying. I feel like everything else is so subtle, and like the mask is so like. I agree. Not. I like <laughs> that the mask was a thing. I like that it is like a supernatural thing. I don't necessarily like the way that it is. I do too. I, I wish. I don't know. I don't because know. it's like it's it's a pretty. Well, I don't mind so much that it gets stuck because I think that's a pretty like that's an evocative trope. I can accept that. But, like, the fact that it disfigures you. And then having her go, oh, you're a demon. Ah, that's like, okay, yeah, I could have yeah. seen that coming from a mile and away. And, oh, it's God. punishing you for what you did. Like, Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But overall, I I still really enjoyed this movie. I think, I think part of it was that, like, it would be better if they didn't say that. Yeah. Like, because if you took away from it, oh, it's her punishment for meddling in it, you know. Yeah, I just wish... I wish the ending would have been handled a bit more subtle, subtly than the rest. Well, that's all I got to say. Do you have anything else to say about it? Uh, I feel like we haven't talked about this one very much. Yeah, I know. No, I, think, I think we have. It's about an hour, right? We've been here about an hour. We've been here for about an hour. We've talked about this one for at least like 30, 40 minutes, I think. I don't know. It is. It is kind of another one of those like... I think people should watch it themselves. Yeah. Because so much of it is built around atmosphere. But there's nothing wrong with having shorter discussions. I mean... No, not at all. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, there's not much... Like, what there is to discuss can be done much like, I th- quicker. I think we legit- we literally talked about Angel's Egg longer than the runtime of Angel's Egg. 
That's because Angel's Egg is that kind of movie. Yeah, and this is not. But it's still a good film. And It is a good film. I enjoy talking about it. I think I'm done. I think I'm satisfied. All right. I completely forgot because it's been three weeks who went first last time. So I'll... Let's start a new one. Yeah. I'll just... We'll stick to it this time. How about that? <laughs> How many new ones have we started? This is at least like the third new one we've started, I think. Cause I, Probably. I remember you saying that once as well. I guarantee, I remember you saying that once recently. I guaranteed we started a new one when we took that two-week break. Um, okay, and, and regardless, I'll start this time. So We're back at it again. So, Onibaba. Super horny movie, right? Incredible soundtrack. Incredible uh, sound design just in general a great original score uh, i thought it was paced wonderfully it was quite the slow burn but i really enjoyed that it had an incredible atmosphere the performance the performances none of them stood out as bad the old woman performance stood out as very good especially in the end I enjoyed how the film was shot. I enjoyed all the wide shots and the long takes and that kind of thing. I enjoyed how it was edited. I we didn't mention it, but I enjoyed like the slow motion shots of of the grass moving around and like I said the ominous score is just incredible. Those slow motion shots were really good. Yeah, it's really nice. Um respect to everyone involved in this film for living out in the grass for 3 months and Having fun on a little water slide. Uh, didn't really care much for the ending. I feel like maybe the last like 15 to 20 minutes of this film kind of lost me. Again, entirely subjective. But I I don't know. I feel like mo- most most criticisms are subjective for the most part. And indeed, just kind of having having a more on the nose, like not so subtle uh, conclusion with the mask and kind of. St- having it being like so supernatural like it disfigures your face and being so on the nose with saying like it's your punishment it's your punishment for meddling and um i just feel like both of those things all of the all, everything kind of surrounding the mask despite me liking the visual of of the mask everything kind of surrounding the mask just felt so different from the rest of the film and and kind of took me out of it uh, regardless, though, I really liked it still. Like, I, I, you gotta think, like, the mask stuff is only in the last, like, 15 to 20 minutes, so. Uh, the mask was, uh, that's something I didn't really mention. I expected the mask to be a much more prevalent part of this movie. Oh, yeah, I did too. Yeah, based on what the picture I saw in Letterboxd, I thought, I thought this was gonna be a completely different film. I thought it would be about the mask. Yeah, same. But, uh, I really liked it, and I think I'd give it an 8 out of 10. Mm. Your turn, Trevor. I I agree with a lot of your sentiments, uh, but I don't really mind so much that it ended like that. Um, and mainly just in, I don't really mind its lack of subtlety. I just mind its choice of <laughs> lacking subtlety, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't like that it was just the generic, oh, it's stuck there, it's blah, 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 you know. It's her, she's disfigured, she looks like a demon now, oh no, right. But I love the atmosphere, I love everything about this movie in the way it's, it presents this very specific setting so well, 
that you literally feel like you're there. At least I did. Like, I felt I could navigate that place in my own mind. Yeah. And it's just a bunch of fucking grass. Which is wonderful. I, I really like that. I love when movies make me feel like that. Um, however, I just... <laughs> there's something about, like, the horny narrative. Like, I just... I don't buy into it that much. Yeah. I, 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 I get where they're coming from, and I respect it. And I don't have, like, an issue with it. But I just, I didn't, bu- I couldn't buy that, like, these two women would just become so utterly obsessed with poor old Hachi. But I accepted that that's what the movie wanted to do, and that it, you know, and they do a good job of presenting that, mm-hmm. um, even still. So I think I am going to concur and give it an 8 out of 10. Oh, boy. I don't really, I think fundamentally, I don't really know why I want to give it an 8 out of 10. But like I'm kind I knew of the same way the... with the amount I've criticized this movie. I feel like I'd probably give it a nine, but hey. Feel, well, like I, I, I went into this, I went into this thinking I was going to give it an eight, but I didn't know why, and I still don't know why. It's just something about it just feels like an eight to me. But I, it is so, so remarkable, and it's like it just in its like just the way it sounds. Oh yeah, it plays into everything. Stuff. The way to like the wind rustling through the grass and that the fucking samurai jazz. God, the samurai jazz! I need to find that song and like add it to my playlist. And it's play it's it, uh, when we absolutely goddamn. I'm, I'm gonna hard. I'm gonna play it when we have to go back to to campus later this week and just. <laughs> that's definitely the music a, that's gonna be playing in everyone's head, whether they know it or attack. not. Yeah. Okay, so. Recommendation and then plugs. Uh, so it's indeed my turn to recommend a film, Trevor. Oh, I'm ready. Hit me with it. This Dad. one has been in my watch list for. Daddy, a... come on, spank <laughs> me. Hit, beat me with this it. This has been in my watch list for a while, and gonna be honest, based on reviews, doesn't look like it's gonna be a phenomenal film. Doesn't look like it's gonna oh. be a bad film. Kind of just in the middle. Thank God we're not doing dope. But it does interest. It does interest me. That that's mainly why I I want to to watch this movie because before I say what it is, it is it is a portrayal of a character whom we both enjoy, whom I think in a lot of people's minds there is already an a perfect execution of this. However, this one came. Uh, years before the one that most people know, and it is also, uh, it's it's not like a, it's a very well known cast. So I'm just interested as to why this doesn't seem so to have the curious. the cult following as Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Because my recommendation is Where the Buffalo Roam, which is a semi biographical film based on the experiences of Hunter S. Thompson. And Hunter S. Thompson is played by Bill Murray. Uh, wow, okay. Yeah, it came out in 1980. From what I understand, it does cover the the piece that uh, Fear and Loathing is based on. That is a major part of the film, from what I understand. Um, and yeah, it's just odd to me that like Fear and Loathing is kind of like this cult classic and... Johnny Depp's performance as Hunter S. Thompson is like pretty iconic. 
but then there's this that came out, you know, like some 20 years before and Bill Murray and I've never heard anyone talk about it. So I'm wondering like why, you know, I'm just, I'm just interested in it. Uh, yeah, that is, that is, I had no idea this existed. Yes. It's called where the Buffalo Rome. Uh, who's all in this? Peter Boyle, Peter Boyle. Those are kind of the only. Greg D. Nelson. That's really all I know. But still, I don't know. Danny yeah. Goldman. Bruno Kirby's been some things. Godfather Part 2. Stuart Little. Uh, <laughs> no, mainly just Bill Bill, uh, Bill Murray was the big name I was talking about. Like, you know. I'm, I'm just surprised because, like, I've never heard of, like, Hunter S. Thompson and Bill Murray. I feel like I should have heard of this, but I'll tell you this: I I I looked at I looked at I don't know who I thought, like Peter Peter Boyle, right? Like that's a guy, right? That's a guy. Yeah. I I know Peter Boyle, Craig T. Nelson. I know him. He's he's Mister Incredible. Um, I I looked at Danny Goldman, and I'm like, oh yeah, Danny Goldman. And then I was like, wait, who the fuck is Danny Goldman? He does look very familiar. And then I looked at his like, I have no idea who Danny Goldman is. But I just saw Danny Goldman looked at his face, and I was like, "Yeah, Danny Goldman, I know that." <laughs> Dude, I did the same thing. Danny Goldman just has a face and a name, and you're like, "I know that guy." Like he, I, I, he's like most popular film on Letterboxd is Young Frankenstein, and if you look, he's credited as medical student. <laughs> what is he credited in? As he's in Mash. Uh, what is he in Mash? Let's see. Captain Murhart. He's pretty far I down on the list. Enough, but does Letterbox do like billing? Sylvester Stallone was an uncredited soldier in Mash. Today I learned. It sounds like something he. I don't know. That just sounds like something that they would have done. Wait, Danny Goldman uh, was in Shrek. Who did he? Or not Shrek? Fuck. Smurfs. He was in Smurfs. He's Smurf. just listed as voice. What? The voice. The voice of God, you see. He's in all of them, though. Who was he? This one has names listed. I'm sorry. He's I, I should, Gargamel. I should be doing... Danny Goldman, that seems like someone who would be Gargamel, just based on his face. Well, who is Gargamel in the Smurfs movies? Okay, he's not... Uh. Brainy, he's brainy. Hank Azaria is <laughs> okay. Does Danny does Danny Goldman seem like a brainy to you? Because that's who he is. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, he looks like a smart guy. He looks like an intelligent guy. Danny Goldman, you look like a pretty pretty wrinkled brain. Is I he say. still alive? Uh, God, I hope so. We need him on the podcast. I was just about to say, is it possible we could get Danny Goldman on the podcast? Danny Goldman, death, no. Oh, no, this yes, year. Yes, he died. He died this year. In April. Fuck, Danny. No. Oh, God, rest your soul, Danny Goldman. That's so sad. It looks like George R. R. Martin. Yeah, he just, there's something about the name and that face. I feel like if you showed that to anyone and said, 
you know who this is? And they're like, ah, oh, they look so familiar. And then you're like, Danny Goldman. And they'd be like, oh, Danny Goldman. <laughs> Danny, oh, yeah. man, I loved him in uh, oh, that one movie, he's in The something. Jewel Scene. <laughs> he looks like he's in something, but he's... He, he is... Mo- yeah. Li- okay, these are his two most recognized roles. The voice of Brainy Smurf. <laughs> and the medical student in the opening scene of Young Frankenstein. This man who looks like he has the most familiar face of all time is best known for a role in which his face is never seen and a role where he is in one scene. What the fuck? Oh, God. Okay. Uh, plugs, I guess. Then we can... <laughs> Sorry. They went off a, a long tangent uh, Well, there, I'm but... going to start with the best plug of all. Danny Goldman's Eternal Soul. <laughs> Danny, wherever you are, I hope you're resting peacefully. We here at the Views from the Law podcast love you, and we extend our love to your family, who we know must miss you dearly. Yes. Unless you were, like, actually an asshole, which, like, I don't think you were, because you seem like a... He looks like a really nice guy. You look like like a really nice guy, so I'm sure you're a really nice guy. So I'm sure they miss you. You know what we should do at some point? We should have a Danny... We should have a Danny Goldman Memorial Marathon. Um, <laughs> all of his films? All, let's see. One, two, three, four. Let's invite, like, his, like, his children. He's listed. The he has 23 things in the fil- filmography. Some of them are TV shows, like he appeared uh, in Criminal Minds. Shit. The One Ring. <laughs> um... You know, a lot of these he's just listed as like bearded teenager, <laughs> store clerk. Dude, you so have to watch for him. You have to watch the entire film. Yeah. And it's in the 70s too. Like we we don't know. Okay, I, this is going off further on the tangent, but Danny Goldman, 1970. I, I want to see what he looked like in the 70s. Are there? I mean, Young Frankenstein's a 70s movie, right? Oh, here he is in the seventies. Yeah, I'll send you a picture. He he looks different, but he still maintains the look of someone who you think you should recognize. Right, the signature Danny Goldman appearance. Signature Danny Goldman appearance, man. Well, that has to be Young Frankenstein, right? Because it's black and white in yes, the seventies. Yes, and everything. that one. That one okay. is from Young Frankenstein. Um, yeah, well, well, we know him from that one at least. We should watch some... Uh... But we definitely need to talk in-depth about however he's involved in, in next week's film. Yes, you're right. I completely forgot that he is in next week's film, so that's awesome. I <laughs> completely forgot how we got on the topic of Danny Goldman, but he's in Where the Buffalo Roam, so we're going to see some Danny Goldman. We're going to have our Danny Goldman moment of the week. We're going to talk about the top three Danny Goldman moments. Uh, you can find The Loft on Twitter... At the loft ninety eight, you can follow Trevor on Twitter at the underscore pt ninety nine. The loft is available on Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. If we're not there, just tweet us and we'll try to get there. Um, you can check us out on Letterboxd for reviews on films we might not talk about here on the podcast, such as if you know, let's say we have a little Danny Goldman Memorial Marathon. Uh, I am. <laughs> no one missed that. I am at Scrub Thug and Trevor's at PT99. And 
Yeah, we should we should watch all his movies and then make a letterbox list called like Danny Goldman ranked. <laughs> that would be very apocryphal. I'm sure people would love that. Uh, that sounds like some some shit letterbox people would love. This is good though. This, this you know I've I've been, I listen to a lot of podcasts and all these podcasts have like little inside jokes and little gags and. Why don't we have any of that? I think <laughs> we have. We do. We have Danny we Goldman. Have Danny Goldman. I think Hollywood's that. most unrecognized, recognizable actor. Yes. Really quick, I'm gonna look up his net worth to see what he was worth, and then yeah, what he was worth. He's a dead. He's dead he has now. Passed away. Rest in peace, Mr. Goldman. Um, I'd like to know what happened in 2019 to Danny Goldman because 2018. Uh, estimated net worth was a hundred thousand. Twenty nineteen estimated net worth was five million. So what yeah, happened? <laughs> what happened? He won the lottery, dude. Danny could have won the lottery. Um, somebody, somebody collect. Okay, I'm sorry. Nets. This is a. I'm sorry, this podcast should end, but I'm on one of those like biography sites, and this is definitely written by a robot um, because it says, Danny Gold- Goldman is best known as actor. Danny Goldman is one of the successful actor. Danny Goldman is one of the <laughs> richest actor who was born in the United States. So what are you talking about? Danny <laughs> Goldman clearly wrote that. <laughs> Danny... <laughs> Danny Goldman. Danny Goldman is an actor, best known as good actor. He is the richest actor. <laughs> That's how I talked. That was the, that was Danny's signature gimmick. Oh, yeah. He talked like Here, that. Here we can and find out. He called it. He called it Danny East. Here we can find out about this. Uh, is Danny dead or alive? According to the site, he's still out there. He is still alive. Um, he's still alive. How, he's still breathing. How many Aaron, children does Danny have? Don't look behind you. You know what? You know you know what? I'm gonna save this for next week. Tune in next week if you wanna know how many children Danny has. Choose it <laughs> tune in next week if you wanna figure out how many relationships did Danny have. Um and I don't know what this means, but tune in next week if you wanna find out. Does Danny is having any relationship affair? That's what the website says, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know. We're going to have Danny's, every single person Danny has ever known who is still alive and with us on the podcast in a Zoom call. Yes, tune in next week. Talking about the life of Uh, one Danny Goldman. Yeah, I'm going to find out if I can reach out to any of... We're going to come... It's going to be a special episode called Danny Goldman. (laughs) I'm still kicking. (laughs) Okay, well, that's going to be the title of next week's episode. Uh, screw Where the Buffalo Robo. <laughs> it's all about Danny Goldblum. We'll see you next week for this Danny, Gold- Gold- Danny Goldman-filled episode of The Loft. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>